Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash gang. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com backslash gang. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Okay, guys, honestly. In the last month, we've watched Manchester by the Sea, like, fucking A Monster Calls, and to, to some extent, La La Land was pretty up there, too. And uh, all this time for Animania, I've been watching March Comes In Like a Lightning. I mean, March Comes In Like a Lion. Honestly, in the last month, I think I've voided my body weight in tears. I, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot keep doing this. There is too much, too much sadness in the world. I don't care if it's life reaffirming. This is so sad. Jack is just ready for Lego Batman. He just wants some silliness. I just want just some Lego bullshit and watch them have like a really sad background thing just with mm-hmm. Batman or something. Oh, they pull just, like a Pixar and you think this cute movie is going to have like a real emotional weight to it. And you're like, fuck you. Fuck you. Don't make me cry over a little stupid robot, you assholes. <laughs> so far, the pitch for uh, Lego Batman is he's too afraid to love. So, uh... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Guys, I'm sure there'll be another wonderful musical member like there was in the last uh, Lego movie that all get stuck stuck in our heads and oh my god until we hate ourselves. Yeah, Turns out hopefully. John Wick Two is not about shooting people at all. It's just a cancer drama. He really <laughs> shoots people at the beginning and the rest he's just really dealing with cancer really hard. Watch them kill that bulldog in the two. <laughs> the sad little bulldog. Hello and welcome to the movie king crycast. I'm joined by a lovable group of assholes this week, including Trevor Flynn. How are you, Trevor? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I started my day a little rough by watching the movie that we're going to be talking about, but I'm I'm doing good. <laughs> okay, it's just got that emotional impact. You like what? What time in the morning did you see this? Uh, I actually slept until like 11:30 and okay. got up and okay. watched this. All right, so you know, yeah, practically night. Okay, and we're yeah. also joined here today by Ben Haworth. How are you, Ben? I'm good. I guess this is where I reveal it. I'm a, I'm a cold monster because I seem to be the only person who didn't cry during Manchester by the Sea. Ah. Uh, I I loved it. Don't get me wrong. We'll talk about it. But uh, I don't know why I feel like a monster. I cry all the time at movies and somehow Manchester didn't get me. I, I don't know. I'll say this month of everything a monster calls was the one that I was like, I, I went oh, yeah, out I- of the- yeah, I, I was a spluttering fool. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that's the thing is like, I, I, I usually like very few movies get me, get me. A monster calls like got me, and I think like I was, a, I'm still like emotionally raw and ready to cry in a theater because I went into totally this fair. one, and I think that's the thing. I was thinking to myself, I'm not gonna cry because I don't cry in movie theaters, and I want to go to Silver Spot, which is this new movie theater with like you know beer and stuff. So I want to go to this cool movie theater, and I gotta be cool for the cool kids because only cool kids go to Silver Spot. <laughs> And then I'm at Manchester. Don't cry. Cookies don't cry. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) yeah, and it's just that's just how the things went down. (laughs) So if you guys can't tell, this week we're going to be finishing out the sad sack month with Manchester by the Sea. Not really much going on in the world of trailers, so we're probably going to cut Trailer Corner this uh, for the second week in a row, uh, mostly because, uh, as you guys can probably tell, we're recording this the day before the Super Bowl. Um, so, unfortunately, there will probably be a bunch of trailers out during the Super Bowl. We have not seen them yet. Um, I think at this point, pretty much the Super Bowl probably pays Star Wars money to put their trailer during the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's like, come see the Star Wars trailer. There's a football game on either side of it. Um, so we'll see, uh, we'll yeah, I'll see. Be, I'll be shocked yeah. if there's not one uh, oh, that comes out tomorrow. Is that happening? Is that what's No, happening? they there's haven't no, teased it at all. No, but that, you have to remember, Force Awakens had its trailer by October, before the week, the month, right. the year before, sorry, it came out. So uh, we're like four months behind on our teaser. Right. But I and think the difference is 
back then they were like hey you guys still like star wars and now the last two have made it 500 million dollars domestic and they're like you guys like star wars i think that's you know, the other you're thing gonna go is, see it that's probably bad for like super bowl ads and stuff is like they don't need to do anything <laughs> right like they like, could just release one trailer the month before like hey star wars is still coming out go see like they it. don't even Everyone need to buy see. tv actually they probably still need to buy tv ads because as i say it like the internet will go crazy either way you don't need to do anything for the internet but in terms of like you know mom and dads and people's like oh yeah there'll be a star wars during christmas i remember that <laughs> remember go see star wars remember so see god given yeah, yeah. right yeah. In America. well hopefully there'll be something but until we get there um unfortunately uh you know right now it could be anything you know there could be a beautiful trailer tomorrow revealing exactly what the twist in episode uh, seven yeah seven eight. no eight eight, eight. god damn it <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, <laughs> on to the movie of the week. This week, we saw Manchester by the Sea. Synopsis. Lee Chandler is a brooding, irritable loner who works as a handyman for a Boston apartment block. One damp winter day, he gets a call summoning him to his hometown north of the city. His brother's heart has given out suddenly, and he's been named guardian to his 16-year-old nephew. As if losing his only sibling and doubts about raising a teenager weren't enough, he returns to the past, reopens, and speaks his return to the past reopens an unspeakable tragedy truly an unspeakable tragedy i really need to fucking start proofing these god damn it (laughs) that's better than most no it was pretty good honestly like you guys can tell i grab these like 20 like ben actually edits them before you do it i like grab them off like wikipedia like wild work cast (laughs) yeah i i started uh doing that for geek space nine where like I tried to read the Wikipedia and it's just written in such a dry, weird, robust yeah, way it, that it's I, I've, done, I've started doing that for anime because I like anime often on the Annie chart, it's like a literal translation. And so it'll be like the weirdest word pairing ever. And I'm just like, there's some really great early episodes of Animania where I'm just like, whoa, this went off in a weird direction. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Ben, uh, you, you said you didn't cry during Manchester by the sea. I had a pretty visceral reaction to this. Again, I, you know, in the sad month that we had, it's relative, but, uh, what did you think yeah. of this movie? Yeah, even though I didn't cry, I, I thought this movie was phenomenal. Um, it it's it's tough to sell because I'm I'm curious to hear Trevor is, but I remember when I saw it a few weeks ago, uh, Trevor actually said, "Wait, that movie's great," and I can kind of understand where Trevor's coming from. I don't um, not a diss at all because the trailers and the synopsis feels like such classic Oscar bait, you know, like such classic like yeah. when people struggling with sad things. But it so avoids so many cliches, and and as a person who's grown up. I mentioned before in Monster Calls and similar to this, there's been just a lot of great movies about grief this year. And this is a similar one that's, that that works really well in a very interesting, honest way. And I think does such a good job of showing grief as a, a process rather than sort of a movie hallmark. And uh, I think it's a very interesting way of dealing with two people's griefs in very interesting ways. So I, I loved it. I loved his panic attack in that. And I thought that was like when he opens oh, up the icebox. Awesome. Mm. Because and that was that's just such a power. They, people don't realize about grief. Yeah. Sometimes people focus on one thing and they have to feel like it fixes it. So the whole thing of how he he needs to have his dad buried and he doesn't like the fact that his dad is in a, a morgue uh, refrigerator, like just drives him crazy. And that's a very common thing in, in, in grief. Is like you feel like you have to fix this one thing, you can't move on. And I thought that was yeah. awesome. I felt like mm-hmm. that was my favorite bit about this movie, especially since we just watched another movie about grief. Is that I'm, I'm actually glad in the order to which we watch these movies. Because very right. much so, like, I think, like, A Monster Calls is a classically good take on grief with an interesting twist at the ending about the way, like, how he deals with grief. I think this one is a twist on grief movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds awful. <laughs> no, We're, that makes sense because you're waiting for him to be like, oh, so he's going to, like, take on the kid and it's all going to work out and he's going to push past it, right? Nope. nope. He's just kind of going to nope. live with it for the rest of his life. No, he's not. And yeah. he, he, he figures something out and they push. But that, that was such a hard twist for me. Was and it the uh, absence of the twist? Well, no, no, I, no. It's not a twist. I guess, I guess that absence of you just a just, classic resolution. I guess would be no, and I think that's the thing yeah. is that that's the whole movie plays to that strength of trying of it understands that it expects you him to rise to the challenge and take it on. It doesn't explain it 
you know that uh, that classic that line at the end where he's like there's nothing there's nothing there you know oh there's nothing there there's there's, <laughs> there's, there's sometimes there. you're just beyond you're beyond your ability to help another person and that's kind of i mean he still helps them but like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like sometimes it's <laughs> too much you know and i think here's what i want to say um since we're talking about the resolution at the moment is just kind of a shout out to anyone who went to school with us and took play structure because this is a like textbook plot of character with the way time manipula- is manipulated and whatnot and the whole premise of a, when you have a movie that's or a, give, give a us a little bit more explanation around that, a character you mind, Trevor? Well, I, I'm about to yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying that uh, when you have um, just a movie that's focused on a, a character and that character's development rather than what is going to happen. The stakes of the movie isn't really what's going to happen as much as it is whether the character changes or not. And he just doesn't change. He just can't change. And I mean, there's kind of a compromise in the end in that he like makes a space for the other guy in his life, but he can't fully commit to the kid because he just can't change as a person, really, after, well, no, who we see him as in the beginning. I think there is... I think I think the I think coming I mean maybe there's uh, so this is the this is what uh, you can get into kind of this when you're doing like non-traditional narratives and character-based narratives you can kind of get in term to it being like this kind of reverse thing so like if you're subverting the structure of classical narratives at some point you're creating a classical narrative by subverting the structure so like does he change by recognizing that he can't change I feel like that's his arc is that ultimately he yeah 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 sense. yeah yeah no and that's that's my that's my thing about against this a little bit is that like you know sometimes it's amazing to me that like you know if you if you say see something trying to subvert classical structure it usually subverts classical structure in a very classical way um man we got esoteric oh, no, I'm fast <laughs> no, 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 i'm not saying it's like subverting i'm saying it's like textbook but you're right he does like kind of like accept himself as he is sort of that he's just broken so there you're right there is an arc there is like something of a change and that you, you can't really change <laughs> it's just uh, it's a character focused movie though and the, and the way it manipulates time is a hallmark of that and the flashbacks the way they're cut in the film are just incredibly timed i think yeah for that purpose and 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 for me a it, lot it's of it's so interesting that yeah the, the the whole thing sort of takes this one brief moment and then takes like a 15 minute flashback during it where you get the entire explanation of what happened to his past you're right it is this sort of interesting intercutting moment that is not sort of the classic again flashback trope of why are you so angry well i'll show you why i'm so angry in my mind um you know it it does (laughs) subvert that in a very interesting way and again props to casey affleck who who that monologue he gives where he explains what happened to his family is acting 101 in my opinion like wow that that I, one shot where he's just giving that i was amazed this is one of those moments where you're like you like and it's one because i'm so i haven't watched like some of the great ben affleck like like uh things in a while so like i was like casey affleck man he might be better than his brother and then i like i like went online and i was like oh wait the ben affleck did all this shit back in the day i forgot about he still got that face now and i and i don't associate him with like great <laughs> acting but he is a really great actor both of them are great <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, Casey. I don't know. Like they're, you know, they're different flavors of Affleck, right? But Casey was always like a weird, funny guy. Like he was the weird, funny guy in Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Now <laughs> when I see him in a movie, like damn, you're like one of our great actors. Like I wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah. that, I guess. But yeah, should have no. from uh, uh, what's it called? Coward Robert Ford, Assassination Jesse James. That's fair. That's fair. There are there's stuff out there that he's done before this that I was like, holy fuck. Um, but this I have to admit, this is the first time I've like taken him very very seriously, and like, it, and I think that's, that's the right. other thing too is he's very transportative in that role. Like you don't mm-hmm. think I, like I didn't think of him as Casey Affleck till the whole movie till Katie said something after the fact. <laughs> right. Like, and then I was like, oh fuck, that is that's Ben Affleck's brother. Fuck, what else has he been in? <laughs> he needs to act more. Somebody should get on this. I don't know. Not make uh, weird documentaries with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I had to be, I think one of the big things, too, for this film that took me away out of it, and maybe was more like the connection to things, is like dealing with not failures, but like being unable to complete something to some extent, like how like he can't help the kid and dealing, dealing with yourself and dealing with your own personal failures. 
Yeah, I get that a little bit. And I think that's the thing, too, is, like, I was thinking about, like, you know, back in the day, like, you know, when I got, like, you know, there's things in projects I, like, sometimes, like, the dead soldiers of projects that I've been working on for a while and, like, dealing with the fact that I moved on from this project or that project or something's, like, done. Like, for instance, one of my favorite things that I did forever is that I got really into doing, like, old film photography and, uh, and I did, like, I did, like, these black and white film photography prints and I did and I did all of these for like and this was like this was like a three or four weekend project where I did all this stuff and I got you know I got like a tank and I went and got some some of the stuff developed and made some of my favorite photos I've ever taken and the, you know they're all of Katie so <laughs> you know they're all on my wall now and it looks like a murder wall <laughs> like it looks like something uh who was the guy that tried to murder um what's her face in uh Foster what <laughs> You know, she ran. I don't know. After, what you're talking about. Oh God, I forget. What's his face? Um, forget it. Oh, anyway, she looked murdery. <laughs> I, I really lost track there. <laughs> you did. <laughs> the point Probably is, don't is help that I were black and white. Yeah, the point is, it's like it's like looking at like how you like dealing with yourself as a failure and dealing with your inability to like you know having to come to terms with yourself and coming to terms with yourself with the fact that you're a normal person and aren't and aren't a superhero to some extent. I yeah that's that's interesting you took that in an interesting direction because I thought maybe like he thinks of himself as exceptionally exceptionally um like guilty and deserving yeah less than a normal life yeah so mm-hmm. I don't know that he sees himself as normal by the but I, I get what you're, what you're for me it's all about like his like, optics like the his own optics and like coming to terms and like adjusting his optics to correctness and like understanding his life and what he can and can't be and understanding like yeah it's important for him to like have his life like being there for him is pain so like you know it's not it's not bad that he like you know he doesn't have it's he he gets to make the decision for himself not to inflict a massive amount of pain upon himself to help this right. child. Right. Yeah. Which is again Just being there. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really interesting. I think I think I think it's a good I think it's overarching. <laughs> you know, we're gonna, this is gonna be a super fast review if we don't come well, up. <laughs> well, I'll say one thing I There's really a lot more here. appreciated a lot was the humor in the film. Yeah. I think in a film like was, this, people would not expect it to be make you laugh ever like not even once and uh, i thought it was very interesting the way they kept in weird little ex uh, little eccentricities and funny moments that just kind of do happen like he's there's a very dramatic scene where he's about to take the kid to see his dad's dead body and uh they're about to pull up to the morgue and then the kid <laughs> jumps out before he stops and basically like freaks out and there's like a nice little funny moment about that and even yeah. like when he's taking his wife away from their burning house with their dead kids, like they can't get the stretcher to move up. Which apparently oh, just Ben, a- I knew you were going to say that next. And I was like, yeah, that reminds me of that other moment. But Sorry. that wasn't funny. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't. <laughs> those are not the moment. Uh, right. Ahead, it's such ahead. an odd thing off, because like there are just those weird, awkward, maybe not even funny moments in life. I think it's painfully awkward and that like life is full of those moments where just shit doesn't work and it's just awkward and painful and that's why yeah. those scenes are there. Those those are not the scenes where I, I took the most humor, but I, I appreciate that that is uh which how, for how one thing for like I, movie disc just like a movie construction, one of the things that was important for me is like if a movie that's like gonna have this like base construction where it doesn't have that cathartic moment, at, well, it has a it has catharsis, but like in a different sort of way. It doesn't have like the he steps up and takes care of the kid moment. It has like a different sort of catharsis. So if it's not gonna have like the classical catharsis, it goes out of its way to add in humor, which is something like a monster calls doesn't have to do. Like a monster calls just like puts on the pain gas and goes to town. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Which is what they said. Called it like suffering porn. And those, those movies can be called suffering porn at times. And that like, it's just I relentless. think they have a place. I never felt this was relentless, you know. Yeah, and I think that's maybe. Yeah. And maybe you're right. Like maybe being less relentless and having more of a flow to the feelings and alleviation of that creates a better effect. Well, I think it also captures something about dealing with death, which we don't talk about, which is just the process of burying somebody, which is weirdly long exactly. and, and awful. exhausting and awful and shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't see it on films because it's not glamorous and, and there is a weird glamour to death a lot of times in the way we present films. There's a glamour to funerals in a certain sense, but we cut straight to the funeral because that's more glamorous than having to go casket shopping and having to pick a plot and waiting to be buried and 
figuring out uh, where's his state's going and what he yeah. with his old boat he has and all these like things you have to deal with. So this is a fun mm-hmm. story. Sorry, I don't mean to take this aside. I'm a, I'm on this is I'm all wistful eyed today, so I'm like taking everything on goddamn tangents. Um, so like we I was you know there was this healthcare like a uh, forum here in North Carolina, and they're talking about like how the last half of people's lives, like the last uh, couple weeks of people's lives, is when you, we spend like fifty percent of like all healthcare costs in the nations, because there's we do all this stuff and like we don't talk about when people want to be kept alive or what we want to do. We never talk to people people and we have this such a culture of not dealing with how people die and i think that's um it's interesting to see these movies coming forward that are dealing with death specifically because i do feel like it's still one of these things that like as a culture we cannot physically talk to each other like we just have this like eternal hope that like we'll live for fucking ever like people really don't think they will die or deal with the death of loved ones or do this and i think that's an interesting it's so interesting to me to suggest that maybe there's a whole generation that like, you know, because somehow they've like a generation more so than ever before feels like they should live forever. This, our generation and, and maybe the generation a little bit behind us is like, it is dealing with death in such a poor fashion because exactly. of uh, the way they were raised to it. I think it's, um, it's, it's the absence of a good ritual to deal with it too. And part of that's just the breakdown of organized religion to an extent. I don't want to like, politicize that or like get into that depending on like (laughs) I didn't mean that as uh, polarizing as it came out but what I mean by that is say um, how industrial it is when you know you have to go see the body and they have to zip it down from a body bag and pull it out of a stretcher and the kid I love it this you probably laughed at this scene too Ben maybe I don't know where the kid comes in and he's like, nope, good, thanks. He just turns right around. I, I had a weird, like, room. unexpected chuckle where it was just like I wasn't expecting to go that route, but I appreciated it. And I don't think it was, again, you said not funny, but sort of brilliantly right. done where he's like, nope. I don't like this. Right. This is not yeah. what I do. <laughs> I like the and kid, funerals, too. I think. This is a, as a side note. Like, I really, I really oh, yeah, like Lucas Hedges is awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate another just cliche Benny thing where, like, uh, you expect him to be such a classic teenage kid and have these like big whiny rants and the whole thing where it's like he's dating one girl who's a stuck up bitch and he's dating another girl who's much cooler and then the like stuck up girl just disappears and he settles with another girl at the end of the and they never have a fight and there's never a big moment it's like yeah that's kind of what being a teenager was just kind of for some people was just floating around and casual and things being weird and i even love the whole part where like the parents are there and they're like yeah, we know they're having sex. Like, my parents, that was, right? was so I just, obvious. I, I, I don't, I don't know what painful, the fuck man. what that, that was. was. Like what? Like and that this thing is this movie like is like using awkwardness to some extent in like in like a former fashion. Like it, it's it's it has a a certain control of its awkwardness that I admire. But like it is a painful viewing experience to me to some extent. <laughs> like, I, I think there's like, enough humor sprinkled in though. Yeah, but that moment that was painful i was like okay this is yeah she's like at least we know where they, they are and i was like yeah 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 no that's good it's like good parenting kind of but then it's like what? she keeps going up at the same time because she's like i just can't i just can't talk to him anymore <laughs> it's like she knows it's just really it was weird man it was like weirdly like redefining like what good parenting is and like almost socially like normative i guess but then like no because she's was so I'm losing my point here, but anyway, the community also like when uh, when he's like, "Can I bring girl over?" and he's like, "Sure." Do I need to tell you about condoms or something? (laughs) Like, just a great example of how lost he is as to being a parent. I love how a little bit it's nice in a certain sort of way because the kid is almost like a more grown up person than him to some extent. Exactly. Yeah. He keeps getting into these all these and confrontations he's the with the people, actual... and the kid is like, "You can't just do that." <laughs> right. And he's the one with the classic arc. You know, he he becomes better by the end of it. You know what I mean? Right. Isn't a, no, and I think that's the thing grown. is like maybe that's the issue is that like it's it's like it look it, it, the movie is clever and like you know it's 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 character driven and then it stacks two characters with different sort of arcs of like grief because the kid is going the classical arc route and then we have this other person that's gone this kind of fucked up sort of direction with like grief and a different sort of direction and he comes in and like by witnessing the kid's arc of grief deals with his own grief and like normalizes his own grief 
Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see like a real. I mean, the kid has the panic attack, right? And then there's the funeral. I didn't. What was the point for you where the kid kind of got over it or learned to deal with it? Because I don't. I don't remember like there being real good senses. <sighs> Maybe it, that. Uh, that's actually a good point. I'm not saying that the kid gets over it. I'm saying he like he grieves more normally than the other guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Does that I, does that make I don't sense? Know. I think they're both. Oh yeah, except this is another thing that really appealed to me about the movie is they are both and their family just the way that they like Casey Affleck's character of course is more subdued, but I think they both kind of and the other just a lot of the men that we see in the movie are just really like sarcastic and really great at like just playing down <laughs> any like rising emotion whatsoever. Oh yeah. And it's it's, it's really stereotypical. It's it's like a a um a culture class thing with a like a blue collar sense to it too i think that was that was really interesting but it, it avoids being maybe too cliche with that i don't know did you guys get any of that with like especially the bostonian accent thing coming out like did y'all feel that at all um uh, I, don't, I don't know i liked i loved how um I really loved how uh, the community was looked at as a whole and I thought it was very clever and it was definitely kind of this, not absurd, but like sort of like they utilize the community almost as a character <laughs> and it has, and that's the thing is it, it's, it's hiding the, the history of the guy back in there a little bit, which is the sad, sad history. But I think that, uh, you know, all the people they run into and in kind of the setting as this sort of insular world, I don't really know what it's used for, but it's interesting to me. Does that does that make sense? Like, I don't. There are elements well, as far if, as if I, like the class and culture of that community, or like yeah, a little bit. Society. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes I ask myself, why, like, why is this setting? Why is this story set here? Right. That's what I'm saying. And, is it does not feel incidental. It doesn't. I think to there's me. there is somewhat of a classic sort of stereotypical hardworking Boston atmosphere about it but i don't think it ever was sort of too in your face you know what i mean like where i can feel that with goodwill hunting or something like that a little bit it's like this is the most bostonian movie that's ever been made right yeah uh right. it felt more like just people living their lives and and setting it in sort of this world but you are right that boston is sort of known for being a more hard town you know yeah there's like a what? idea of the hard man I living in boston I guess no my thing is in this movie, guys. <laughs> yeah. He handles his emotions as he like goes into a bar, gets really drunk, and then just punches a guy and gets in a fight. That's very Boston. It is. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. No, um, not to be. I don't know. Is that yeah. that's not racist, is it? It's prejudice. Prejudice. Townist. I'm not townist. I mean, I don't even think Bostonians would be offended by it. Like, yeah, you get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like sometimes people have hot times, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a Boston. Does anyone have a Boston accent? Let me hear him. Uh, Silence. <laughs> you start, like you say Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. That's not even a thing. I always do Leo's. I always do Leo's accent uh, from uh, fucking Shutter Island. Oh yeah. We're duly appointed federal marshals. We're duly appointed federal marshals. <laughs> I heard that fucking line like a million times. <laughs> the trailer played so many times. Yeah. You you love that movie. I forget that. Oh, yeah, I kind of like Shutter Island. It's fun. Yeah, I, I like Shutter Island too. I just, yeah. uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's problematic. I won't, I won't do it. It's good. We should, we should, that, that should be a good thing for uh, Peter's new podcast. Stay tuned for more information. Um, yeah, but anyways, I guess like we're going to take a, a little quick break here and uh, take a moment to talk to you guys about audible.com. For you, the listener of the Movie Gang podcast, Audible is offering a free audio book download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I would recommend, if you want to go online right now, you can go in and uh, you can get Hidden Figures, The American Dream, and the untold story of black women mathematicians who helped win the space race. Now a movie. But if you want to go online and catch it, you can go and sit at your desk all day and listen to this uh, pretty, it's a highly regarded uh, book. So go check that out. You can head on over to... Uh, 
Again, you can head on over to to download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com backslash Tuscan. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Tuscan for your free audiobook. Go check that out. Go check out Hidden Figures. Um, we'll make some other cool, I think, audiobook recommendations. Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, moving back to Manchester by the Sea. Um, I, I do think coming back with like elements of the community and like other things that happened during this film i just i just think my thing to like target this is to say like this story could happen in another location which is interesting to me um the reason i think that it works specifically in this location is that the secondary style of how the piece is shot and how it works and how it has this not absurd it's not absurdism that's happening but like this level of like cringe humor and it uses the feel of the community of being these like upright bostonians these kind of supposed to silent mold types and it uses that type to create more cringe humor that like people don't want to see people not people suffering but like uh you know, it kind of uses this thing. It's like it points out, I think, to some extent, kind of this uh, contradiction in like the subset of the idea of the Bostonian man, where he's like, you know, emotion not emotionally distant, but uh, emotionally um, tight-lipped about it. Like he's more Ron Swansony than anything else, and he's not sharing his emotions. And then in this context, but the you know the other the other idea is that Bostonians stick together, and that you're. I think that's what the contradiction here is. They're saying people stick together, and sometimes stick together means sharing your emotions in very uncomfortable ways which is you know the excellent cringe factor which i think is why there's like some there's like you know the elements of bostonianism are like laced through there and like make this story very specific to the area it's in Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's a good point (laughs) sorry i literally came up with that while i was reading the audible ad (laughs) i was like reading it off and i was like i was like thinking about what we said and i was like no 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 i know i know what to say next got it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh again ben what where would you kind of rate this in kind of the movies that we've seen this month uh with all the other ones we saw yeah la la land definitely the I'd personally say it's probably my favorite of the ones we saw. Really? Month. Uh, really? Maybe just because it is really is. masterful. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I really appreciate the 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 craft that's gone into this. Uh, Kenneth Lonergan's a very interesting uh, writer, and had a very interesting yeah. career. And I always thought he's a very yeah. clever writer in a lot of ways. And I definitely think this is probably his best film, just in terms of crafting a very interesting narrative with great characters and great. Uh, avenues, but still being very he... cinematically inter- interesting. Uh, it's not like the what most else has visually he done? interesting, but still. No, no, still I, I, I have issues with the cinematography in this film a little bit. Um, it's being a bland or something? Not blandness, but more how they shoot interiors a little bit. I feel like uh, I feel like they do a good job with outdoor shots and like on the boats and stuff like that. And there's a general sense of like the community, and they do a good job with it. But sometimes like the interiors of the house and the shots, like the way they shoot it and like the way they have it dark, and they're trying to make it feel a certain way. I feel like you could have done a lot more interesting stuff. I can understand that. Uh, I yeah. think yeah, my my That's super. Super like up my own cinematography ass. I'm not saying right, that. Right. Say. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not saying I know. I know what that uh, that sounds like, and I and I'm I, I understand Dude, that. Dude, listen I'll to a, listen to the fences podcast. All I did was just spend the entire time where I was like, I don't think it looks good visually, and the other guys were like, We don't care, and I'm like, That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's pretty. I think that's the thing is I think the I think the different. I think they like you know they had a certain idea and aesthetic going to this, and that aesthetic was entirely outside. Right, like the bridge sequence is one where it's just exactly, like and then the majority kind of, of the piece happens indoors, or the most. The mo- I liked, I liked the way they shot him in the police station across the table from those two dudes. That was excellent. I that was excellent. one shot for his entire monologue, which is very impressive. That means so he did that like a hundred goddamn times. Yeah, totally. That is exactly and what that like, means. That's an emotionally draining thing for an actor to do. I'm yeah, sure Trevor could speak on that. I'm on. He went home and he's like, I gotta go take a big poop. I don't know. I, okay, I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> Damn, Jack. I don't Damn, know. Like, if man. I if I like are emotionally drained, I need to go take a big poop. Well, I think what I appreciate mm. about this movie is like I, I hate movies that feel like they have Oscar clip moments. You know what I mean? And, oh yeah. And the closest thing you think of to have an Oscar clip moment is when he grabs the gun in the police station, which isn't even that dramatic. Like the way they frame no, but it, it comes out of nowhere. Yes. It comes out of nowhere, and yeah. that's exactly what makes it powerful. 
Let me say something else that does that too is like last year during Spotlight when Mark Ruffalo screams. I hate it. It's the one Oscar moment. It it was, and exactly. And they show that moment, and it's awful. And it's and it's so out of place in the rest of that damn movie. He's like, They did it! It's kids. And I was like, this breaks the sequence of the and that's the thing, it's like I feel like they're and I feel like I bet you Manchester at the at the Oscars shows that damn clip. Oh, which sure. one? I'm with, him sure grabbing, with him grabbing the gun? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Yeah, I'm and sure, probably not yeah. even like the build. Well, they, It'll just show him quickly grabbing the gun and be like, ah, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know what, what that do. movie is. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's that. It's, it's it's the spotlight stand. And sometimes I honestly think the Oscars don't actually watch some of the stuff they vote on. <laughs> <laughs> nah, would they do that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, they especially on like OJ Made in America where they put in a seven-hour documentary and you watch 20 minutes like, yeah, this is probably good for seven hours. Like, <laughs> I got things to do. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go do this. Yeah, everyone on the Oscar canceled. Watch that. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good I, documentary. I, you should watch it. No, I. I mean, I, as an Oscar bait, do you guys think this one will do well? It's that's a some question. I'm a I'm an Oscar nerd guy. Watches all the tracking because. I don't know. I don't have sports. So I have something. Who um, wants sports? It's not like the and, sports uh, biggest day tomorrow. It's like, you know, we're doing exactly. the Super Bowl and we're like, yeah, but the Oscars. But the Oscars, <laughs> the real though. Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> right now, it's sort of the big thing is that Denzel Washington won the Screen Actors Guild Award when Casey Affleck thought was going to. So some people are saying that might be that Denzel's going to walk away with the, the award. A lot Do of you think like some of that? Win. Do you think some of that might be Oscar so white from last previous from last year? I think there's a combination of that. Casey Affleck has had a few sort of um, sexual harassment lawsuits lobbed against him. So Whoa! When did that happen? Backlash. It's all about politics. Yeah, it's uh, it was all during uh, I'm Still Here, that documentary he made. The, the fake documentary he made. Uh, but it was settled out of court yeah. and he can't speak on it due to like the way it was settled. So like, Oh, fuck. That's also... Anything, sometimes you know? that's worse, yeah. Yeah. So we no one... Both sides are barred from talking about it, so it's all just like, you know... You just know that it happened in terms of court stuff. So um, something happened. That's all we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's like like Trevor said, there's always politics. I mean, there's all it's always political. Whether it's political for race relations, it could be political for. That's why I think the Iranian film Salesman's going to win best documentary was or best foreign film because right. it was supposed to go to Tony Erdman, this German film that's been winning tons of awards. Now the press is all about how this director can't come in because of the Trump immigration ban. So I think it's going to win just to be a big fuck you to Trump. You know what I mean? And so like, and to be honest, that would like let's be honest. More importantly, that would increase the like the Oscars showmanship in terms of like you know it, like the Oscars would dominate headlines the next day. They usually dominate like one news cycle, but it would allow them to jump on and dominate like a whole news cycle for a week. Yeah, a different kind of news cycle, totally. Exactly, yeah. and it also puts them in a position of making them kind of the film Cause, critics, right? Because this year they're going to like. I'm probably going to give it to La La Land for Best Picture. So, like, while they give it to a very nice, you know, fun, fluffy award, they need also have their political, like, but we care about serious issues, too. We have fun, but we have to care about Yeah, know, and especially since stuff. La La Land, like, kind of is, and, and that's not fair to La La Land, honestly. I think, you know, again, as we said yeah, before, it it's actually much more the... serious and interesting than, like, an actual musical of its time, to be entirely to be entirely honest yeah and and I, I don't like that it gets compared to the artist a lot because the artist to me had no theme it was just like oh silent movies are cool oh, don't and it was, don't do that I, all nostalgia man that's all yeah. that movie was yeah i was I, okay I, I after the oscars <laughs> I, with all after all the hype and i was like it's yeah it's an homage that's that's what it it's is it's a good it's, film jack i like that, it but i know i know i understand that i still think that i enjoyed the artist better than la la land Wow! Wow! I'm I'm dead serious, guys. Like I like tapping. (laughs) I like classical. I don't really care though. Can we get back to actual uh, the most important thing in this movie we haven't talked about yet? And that's Matthew Broderick is in this movie, guys. That was I did not know he was in this movie, and it was a weird (laughs) like whoa. <laughs> he is perfectly cast. He was great, though. Once I got over the weirdness that it was Matthew Broderick, he was a really good choice. No, it's what do you mean get over it. I didn't get over it through the whole scene. It was the most <laughs> uncomfortable part of the whole fucking film. He yeah. has a very recognizable like play. He, he like oh shows God. up, and you're like, oh, Matthew Broderick, and that's kind of like the, that's like a plus for Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony shows up, and I was like, who's this fucker? It's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like Matthew Broderick. <laughs> How's Sarah? How's Sarah Jessica? She doing good? <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, know. Yeah, that that whole scene was really well done. I thought it was 
when again another example where it's like oh they're christians and it's going to be like this whole thing and it's just this really interesting yeah. bit of awkwardness where like it just very clearly the mom doesn't know how to talk anymore she's in some sort of somewhat weird controlling relationship and but it's all yeah. subtle and well done and not uh, there's no like preaching or, or yeah there's well, no there's no moment where he like hits anyway. her or like something they don't they you know i think that's the best thing about this movie is the level of restraint it has it's like sometimes it totally very restrained punches. issues and situations can be almost as awful if not more awful than like these classical villains totally yeah well i don't know something that i thought and the reason i wanted to bring it up again about the christian household is they really do um center that shot on that just awful Jesus painting for a while. Like, it's just so good. House. It's so good. So, I it, think, it tells you no, so much about what kind of Christian it is. You know what I mean, too, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like the suffering right. and awfulness kind of Christian. Yeah. I think that goes back to the absence of a good ritual way to deal with death in the movie. I mean, you know, and they joke after he goes there, he's like, yeah, they're really Christian. He's like, well, we're Christian, too. We're Catholic. You know that, right? Like, that counts. And that's funny. <laughs> Because, like, and Catholicism is famous for, for the ritual aspect. That's, like, why Joseph Campbell became a Catholic. Because he just, the rituals were so... Uh, too good. Meaningful <laughs> to him. Yeah, it was so good, man. Like, great rituals with the Catholic Church. Yeah, great. The, now, the I, iconography of Catholics, great. I agree. <laughs> but, um, like, I, I don't think that's there by mistake either. And I don't, right. I think it does do a good job. Not to, not to say that it's um, necessarily cruel to Christianity, but I think... There's something going on with there, too, as far as how you deal with trauma. And there's an implication for me that she's just kind of in that, like, relationship with him and has accepted Christianity to deal with her trauma in a way that's like, I mean, and again, I don't mean this uh, disparagingly, but I mean, it can be like people's only like it's you know you switch addictions after you've been in a real low you right. yeah, from she's... drugs or whatever to religion. And it's it's clearly not worked for her really like or at least it's like you know it hasn't solved all her problems magically even though she kind of like pretends that it has at first when she tries to reach out to her son it's because like uh, you would think i mean i guess i mean it's caused by the death but she thinks she's doing well enough to see him and she just realizes she totally isn't halfway through that dinner yeah and i think that the religion there aspect is like insufficient clearly for that so i totally. think i think the, the- there's just a general thing I do notice. It's just I have a problem with anybody who is obsessed with just one thing, you know, and that's all they ever talk about. And yeah. it can go to religion, but it can go to running or it can go to and Perkins. Or it can go to anything. And Perkins. You know? Right. Like if it's just one thing they ever, ever talk about, you're like, I don't <laughs> trust you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or There's somebody specifically that's suitable to like, you know, to exactly those kind of things and like is kind of like, I guess that's the other thing too, is just like you, people that you know you know the kind of people that get sucked into stuff and it's kind of weird sometimes when you say yeah this form of religiosity is very similar to drugs <laughs> like they're like the same thing <laughs> like, it's, it's religion in search of meaning is what Trevor's yeah saying I totally agree with that like it it's 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 religion as a crutch to help fix yeah. your problems when yeah you right. just don't know what you and, and it's or. clear that like she re- it's funny too like you know he the the you know her hus- her new husband or whatever like is is like you know you hear the bottles clink and like he's like mm-hmm. gets upset about it and moves in to protect her and and keep her on this new path but it's like she reverts in his presence and it's just so bleh. Clearly not not healthy relationship. Clearly, like he's the only reason that she can keep it together, and so she's not really functional functional as an individual. Yeah. Still, everyone takes controlling yeah. too from that, right? Oh, yeah, controlling. Yeah, yeah, he's controlling. Controlling. Oh yeah. 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 Well, because he writes he that sends, email, and it's like, yeah. I'll be communicating with you henceforth because she can't handle it or something. And I was like, God, that's awful. Yeah. Like to her <laughs> son. First paragraph is of all yeah. motherfucker. Like, like it's awful. It's just awful. Well, and I like that there's a, a three paragraph email, and he like it gets into the second paragraph before he just shuts his laptop because that first paragraph is so awful. There's just no reason to keep reading after that. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, people, man. People be bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I also bitches. liked that um, she was kind of there for contrast because I mean you could kind of argue that Casey Affleck's character Lee is a uh, alcoholic through the whole film, but I feel like alcohol is actually more of a crutch for him after he loses his family than before he just like a, a, a 
real good drinker you know what i mean like there's kind of a difference there yeah yeah even then it's like there could have been a lot of like the alcohol was the point and once he got rid of that his life is fixed you know like a a classic alcohol story but it Mm. it, he drank a lot when he was younger because he liked doing it and then he drank to like make himself not feel so sad all the time like it's alcohol is part of his life but it's not sort of again the, the the main reason for everything wrong with him is just he made a bad decision when he was drunk one day which we've all done it's just his bad decision was horrifically life-changing yeah that is how that his house went up in flames and his three daughters died yeah right. that's pretty goddamn horrific dude like i will you say, know uh, what's uh, <laughs> one thing to learn from this movie get get some escape ladders uh yeah who lives in houses yeah houses catch on fire faster than you expect yeah that's, i have one in my apartment it's great i can throw it over the balcony and it's great yeah, yeah. Let's get those. Life yeah. lessons. What I did love about what right. I did love about that though. Lessons that... from the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> get escape ladders. Jesus Christ, yeah. that was dark though. I think that's the thing too is that it does play so much in, it, in the contrast between how dark and they don't ever say it like outright. They they're very good about like just suggesting the darkness of that reality and how mm-hmm. that weighs upon you. Like you totally understand somebody like just descending into alcoholism. Yeah. Well, there are two moments, really, that ever really touch on it directly, I think. And one is when he sees them in the body bags, the firefighters taking them away, which is, again, just like, you know, I'm not saying it shouldn't be that way, but it's a very sterile treatment of death, like, and that mm-hmm. that's just, that's the procedure, you know? And I think that it's it's so slow and so just that he's watching them pick them out of the, the house is is that, is what that's doing, just the awkwardness of that. And I love but, the little touch I mean, where he's still holding the groceries that he had. Like, he just, yeah. he's in such shock, he never even noticed he was holding them the entire yeah. time. I thought that was just a nice... And, like, how his hand unclamps. It's like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there's only, we only ever get that one scene, like you said, Jack, that kind of touches on it. And then the only other time, really, is when he has that dream when he's left something on the stove yeah and they're just on the couch with him they're yeah. like we're burning yeah oh yeah oh my that's god right. that was that very is... PTSD. yeah the way it's oh the way god. that particular sequence is shot too is is bone chilling yes like, um how would you describe ben it's more like uh describe it for the audience a little bit like how the way like the shot cranes over like the stove on and like does that like it's so yeah, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, you're doing better than I do. It's sort of, it, it, you're talking about when it goes back into the kitchen. Yeah, and it just uses that oh. to show the thing on it, and and it just it doesn't state it. It's very understated, but your mind puts together what's happening and what this what you're seeing. Yeah, and yeah. it's just and, it, and and it's funny too because it's somehow like it's such a great it's such it's it's the difference between like a novice filmmaker and a master filmmaker a lot like and it's one of those things it's like ozus oh, it's like like your mind makes connections to objects and then the object appears and you're just like your mm-hmm. mind natural it's mm-hmm. like he's forcing you to make these connections and it, and when it clicks you're like ah <laughs> it's, it's such mm. it's like a self inflicted wound it's such a cool little like uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 one of my favorite things about cinema to be honest like Ozu and Trains when Keating would talk about one of our film instructors from college would talk oh, about it's one of my favorite stories I tell it all the time you should, oh, you should definitely tell yeah, it yeah yeah no 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 you tell it Ben you, you know it better <laughs> it's well, great well basically he's like <laughs> Keating was yes. like uh, I'll try to tell it in our Keating voice right? uh, uh, I love Ozu because he has these beautiful repetitious <laughs> moments and I noticed uh, uh, every every Ozu movie would have a shot of a train going by and uh uh a shot of someone hanging laundry. And then I saw an Ozu film where someone hanged laundry and then a train went by. And I was like, I love this man. And this is to clarify, man, that you both have great admiration. Oh, love Keating. oh I love my God. It's just a very just, specific way of talking that's very fun to imitate. I am. I, I love the man to death. I am the man I am today because that's of him, great. and I believe that's an insult. Chris <laughs> 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 Keating, I do love you to death. That man's amazing. <laughs> no, he was man, amazing. That reminds me. That reminds me of like the first, like the only art class I ever took in college, and like just the the voice the professor had the first and one of the students too and i was just like i'm out i can't i can't i can't do this every day <laughs> do you remember <laughs> you had you had humor with me i remember going through humor oh, with you and trevor and i think like, you guys had the same humor professor i did he was intense <laughs> kyle gillette yeah and it was and he went on to oh, be no, it was one, a kyle it was a different guy than mine yeah kyle was great we had uh rufo for I writing kyle would be fun. 
Oh yeah, Kyle. Kyle's great. Kyle went on to be Trevor's professor and a lot of other stuff. And I was a mm. little bit jealous because he went on to like have a relationship with him. And I was like, I'm never gonna see you in any context ever again. <laughs> Dude, I didn't have a great relationship with any of my professors. I was not. I was like constantly behind the eight ball in college. That's that's a whole nother. That's not. Let, but we're, uh, we're way the goddamn shit off the track now. Yeah. Like, I, this was always gonna snow, do that. Sorry. I can't handle this month. Like I'm I'm like out of steam. I need a Lego. I need something. I really need March comes in like a lion to fucking end so I can just stop crying all the damn time. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, the show. I this this movie, I they're like at least four times, I think, and it was like the weirdest kind of cause I don't usually cry when I'm sad in a movie, but I was just like I started inhaling a lot, you know. Mm. <laughs> I knew like yeah. the yeah. scene was coming. Like, <laughs> that was a rough. So like, comes to find him to like apologize for the things oh, that she so said. We, we don't ever know what she said, but we kind of know what she must have said, and it, it's just like <gasps> yeah, that like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. It, you start. I read on the Reddit shallow. thread. A lot of people are like, I didn't even know I was crying. Then I just touched myself. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> That's yeah. The, the the Reddit thread is actually pretty hilarious for that movie <laughs> but anyways let's go ahead and wrap this up and get on to scores so i'm gonna go i'm gonna be mean this week ben uh you first all right yeah i'm uh i'm gonna give it a nine give it a big big old nine i love this movie i think it's a very very impressively done film it's very well directed and acted and uh played in a very interesting way i, I think it just is such an interesting film about grief and about human interactions and so honest about the way it does it and just so rare you see a film that sort of nails characters in such a great way i'm, I'm not usually a guy who likes to just focus on one thing so much but the script is just so damn good that, like i i can't help but uh fall in love with this movie and uh, it's definitely one of my favorites of, of 2016 though now the weeds of 2017 but hey it still counts yeah so, uh, it's, it's when we see it. it trevor what's your score oh it's a solid nine man no question solid nine and uh, to elaborate, I guess, uh, I'll just say this, that uh, strangely, this movie actually put me in a good mood. Hmm. Same. Same. It put, you know, I hate doing this because I, I, I probably am going to go back and watch um, A Monster Calls way before I watch this ever again. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like, I'm not going to rewatch this movie. Yeah. Then that's a weird thing. I might to watch s- a scene or two, but I don't think I'll rewatch the whole movie. Yeah, because like, and and even saying like like I I think like a monster calls is is a way more basic, but more not successful per se, but just like more like uh, it's digestible. Yeah, I think you can just you can handle it, and if you really want a movie to cry your face off, like a monster calls <laughs> is going to be the thing that I from this uh, pack of crying your face off movies that I'd go to to do that. Right. <laughs> and I think it's also it's, it's it's more to that purpose, whereas this movie is doing a lot more interesting things and it's a lot more interesting, successful, overarching film. But honestly, too, yeah. the other thing for me is that Man. like what? Well, I just sorry, because you said that for whatever reason, that reminded me of how I felt towards the end of the film. And just that I was like, I like when he says I can't beat it, you like. You don't. You still don't want it to be true. And then by the very closing, when they're just throwing the ball around, I was like, "It's not it, right? That's not it. That's not it." <laughs> Stop right. it! And, and it's, it's yeah. Don't, don't face something. Don't face. It's like you're trying to keep the movie going so he can make it. Right. He can like yeah. figure yeah. it out. He can figure his yeah. shit out. Give him right. more it's time. The opposite of what uh, what Roger Ebert says, which is the greatest feeling in a movie is when you're watching the last shot and you go, "Oh, please be the last shot." Please be the last shot, and then it is. It was and at you're the like, same time, oh. Ben. It was both. It was both yeah. at the same time. <laughs> and no, and it's and it's this movie to a T. It it like cranes its neck backwards. It's like doing a shaft stuff, and it's like looking all the way back, craning its neck back to look at itself, and having the moment and doing it too. And I think that's that's what's so great about this movie. So I'm going to agree, and I think this is actually one of the first nines I've given. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I was at 8.5. I was like, I'm going to give an 8.5. And I was sitting here to myself thinking, I'm just not giving it a 9 because I want to be a stickler. And that's a stupid reason not to give something a 9. No, I mean, like, I mean in all honesty, like, I, I don't disagree with anything yeah. you guys have said. Like, this is, it is a great, great movie. So, the Movie Gang Podcast gives Manchester by the Sea a 9 out of 10. Holy fuck, I can't believe we did that. 
Yeah, there you go. And this brings to an end Cryathon 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some meme stuff uh, in. Let's get some Great Wall. Yeah. Let's get some Lego movie. Let's get Lego movie. Uh, thank God Man. Logan is like broken up by a bunch of stuff. <laughs> That's true. I still That's need to true. see Fences. I don't know how sad that was because I haven't listened to the cast about it yet because I didn't spoil it's, it. But it's intense, man. Like that's a yeah. That's a long I gotta two hours of people yelling at each other. Can I be honest? Oh man, I, there are very few podcasts. I, I I always listen to every podcast we put on air. I really want to see Fences without you guys spoiling it, so I haven't listened to that cast yet. Y'all could have said anything on there. <laughs> it's like you know, it could have been like a two uh, two and a half hour rant about how I'm a shitty host every other podcast, <laughs> but like I just wouldn't know. And that's just it's one of those things. I'm like I really need to see Fences so I can listen to this damn podcast. That's, that's fair. Fences is able to be spoiled, so I would say yeah, you should watch it before you see Starcast. I figured it's one of those things. Like I didn't think this one would be spoiled in any sort of fashion. I, I really don't think it matters if you know what happens in the end or not. Yeah, I would, mm. I would say not either. I mean, it would probably mm. be good to know that he can't beat it not know that beforehand but i still don't think you would be i think the effect would still be achieved like i i'm pretty sure this yeah. thing will still have a similar impact and effect on me at when i go back and rewatch it totally totally yeah, yeah. it's not ruined it's it's a master film get people go go fucking see it oh so i have a rant to end today's podcast with and uh this will be coming come the parting uh next couple of weeks where uh, I'm planning to eventually propose to my girlfriend, and uh, Aww, yay. yeah, yeah, no, oh, dude, yeah. So it's probably gonna happen. That's but the, the sound of Trevor realizing he's screwed about his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Ben, Jesus. Anyways, he but, said it before himself. <laughs> it's one of those things that no one listens. She doesn't ever listen to the end of the podcast. So I'm gonna start doing uh, dropping hints and shit in here, so that like when it comes to the thing, I'm gonna send her on a scavenger hunt, and she has to listen to like the last couple weeks of my podcast for hints and shit. <laughs> so it's gonna be in here. So I'm gonna Ooh. drop. I just wanted to drop a little rant here today about fucking diamond manufacturers. And mm, fucking rant away, my good friend. No, Jesus H, Teddy fucking Christ. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, and it's one of those things, it's like you go into these places, yeah. you know, and it's just like a high sales environment. And I'm sorry. Like, maybe, you know, I, I you know, I appreciate salesmanship. You know, I used to sell things. I used to be in retail. I understand selling shit. But you get in here and this man just like sits you down and he's like, I'm going to teach you about the thing that I am then going to sell you. And it's like, and I have no other options. You can go online and like go to like our Reddit diamonds, which is also like the weirdest subreddit that exists, by the way, just putting it out there. You know, you run into corners of Reddit, you're like, Jesus Christ, this is like, <laughs> I never would have thought this existed. But anyway, yeah. you're like trying to learn about shit and do all these things. And they like sit you down and he's like, well, is it this, is this, and this. And it's just this weird shitty thing where it's like, how much do you love your girlfriend and are willing to financially unstabilize yourself? <laughs> and it's just like one of those things. And I just, uh, good. she's amazing. She was like, give me a piece of Mosinite. And I was like... And I was like, no, I can't do that. And she's like, no, 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 no. We should do this and we should do that. I don't know. Overarching. It was like, oh, I love her so much. God damn it. <sighs> yeah. And uh, they always say, you don't have to buy me a diamond until it gets to it. And then they're like, you have to buy me a diamond. <laughs> no, no, like, no. She's, she's actually required. good. She said she didn't want, she said, like, let's spend it, stuff on a house and do other things and That's all fair. this other stuff. And she's, she's great. I mean, but I do but, think. Well, like, I can tell you what my dad did, which is a good move. Which is you can tell her, I'm going to buy you this. It's small now, but in 10 years, I'll buy you the one I wanted yeah. you to buy. And, then, and that's the thing. Didn't. The diamond manufacturer know that now. And they're like, you could come in and for this many years on, you can get it upgraded. And I was like, you upgrade a diamond? Like, what the fuck's going <laughs> to happen? <laughs> yeah. He's like, we'll put two diamonds on the other side of that diamond. And I was like, what What the fuck is happening? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And he's like, and then he like, he like, he he's like, I'm not gonna tell you the class of these diamonds, but I want you to tell me which one you like better. And I was like, they all look like little fucking shiny stones, motherfucker. What the fuck do you think? <laughs> he's like, and he like hands me a magnifying glass, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows you're gonna like, like you're gonna sit there and go like, wait a minute, this is cubic zirconium. <laughs> no, honestly, he could hand it to me, and I wouldn't know. Fucking no. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, they know just, you don't know. It's just one of those like moments where you're like you're totally at some like a salesman's mercy and you're just like yeah god fucking damn it fuck all fuck this fuck that fuck everything but i love her so i'm gonna go back and get one so eventually 
this is part one, Bay. You have to keep listening in the next couple weeks. <laughs> no one tell her. <laughs> no turning back you, now. It's on air. I know it isn't. This is like my. Uh, this is my uh, wake up call. I have to do it now. I want to, but uh, it is scary. Let's say. You know. Uh, she has to listen to your podcast. That's uh, that's a commitment, man. <laughs> For that's the movie gang podcast, this is Ben Ben Haworth. Ben. Okay, Ben's gone. For the movie Ben's gang left podcast, the building. I didn't hear you for a second. <laughs> I was, I was like, "For the movie gang podcast, this is Ben Haworth." And I was like, "Signing off now." <laughs> My silence speaks volumes. Yeah, he's like, oh, God, "Thanks, guys." <laughs> Let's uh, make sure to watch your Oscar, you know, bait stuff, and get it all in. But uh, embrace some some fun movies afterwards. I've yeah. I've also seen a lot of depressing movies. So, but I would recommend 20th Century Women. That's a good Oscar movie nominated for best screenplay, but but fun, good fun one. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm almost through everything, so I'm ready to go fucking see the Lego Movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's fair. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, bad or like something that like really frustrates me, but is like hilariously bad, which I suspect Great Wall will be. Oh God! Yeah. How could it not? How could it not either be racist or extremely bad? I don't know. It's gonna be something. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be a thing, and we're gonna talk about it. So stay tuned. And we're gonna talk so much about you. <laughs> <laughs> also for the Movie Gang podcast, Trevor Flynn. Good night, everybody. And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Head on over to TuscanShed.com. That's the Tuscan Shed Media Network. Go check out our other podcasts, including Save Point Gamecast, Geek Space Nine, Animania, and, of course, A Feast for Bros. Go check out all those other podcasts. And if you want to help us, head on over to uh, TuscanShed.com backslash support us. You can go and use the Amazon referral links and it's a few bucks. You can also head on over there and head, again, to AudibleTrial.com backslash Tuscan. And you can get a 30-day free trial from Audible, and you can also help out the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's two free ways to help the Tuscan Shed Media Network stay on air. We would really appreciate your business. And also head on over to Facebook, Twitter, and you can send us comments, suggestions, or what you would like to hear on the uh, Movie Gang podcast. So please head on over there, engage with the community, and uh, let us uh, let us know what we can do better. So for Trevor, Ben, and Jack, this has been the Movie Gang podcast. <laughs> No! Ah. Jack's dead. Ah.